What up? Juked him out. He thought I was coming in. We were going to harmonize it, but... Why didn't you harmonize with me? Awesome. I can't. I don't, I don't get you how people do that. You just have to start the note, and no. then maybe Dylan and I can Jana? off. You can do that? <laughs> what? You can har- do harmony? <laughs> Probably. Oh, no. Do you think if I like told you yeah. what note to sing, you could stay on no, it? No, absolutely not. I have no idea what that even means. Okay. <laughs> well. If you, if you if do ben, something, I could, okay, I could follow. Next time Ben's in here, then we could probably do it. Because Ben and I could do it. So here's the thing. Sorry, the, <laughs> I don't even... Like, I think I'm a half-decent singer. I'm not terrible. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't... Good tweak auto-tune. You're good. Yeah, we'll put you great, up there Sunday night. Great on auto-tune. <laughs> but I don't get it at all. Like, I just... You just don't understand music. Yeah, it's all... You just hear it. And I just spit it back Not out. Necessarily. I've been trying yeah. to learn the guitar. Me, me and you have. Yeah, me and Nate. We'll, I did that we'll just chill COVID. in the apartment. We'll play. Remember that. That's true. Lord is yet to gift me with that talent, but <laughs> I spent like we're an working hour, on it. I spent Everything like an hour a day in COVID trying to learn the guitar. But I got these little. If you're on the camera, welcome. I think we didn't even say <laughs> welcome. But uh, I got these little fat fingers that don't love guitar do strings. Yeah, me too. Kind of. I don't know. So, what up, man? Hey, guys, people. Hi. I almost wore tan today. That would have been perfect. Uh, I, you're close. I, it's green, but you guys just look like you belong, like yeah, Tan, on the brown, cover yeah. of a minimalist album or something. Kanye's <laughs> new merch line, yeah, just everything brown. Yep. Well, okay, brown's really. We're nice. diving in. We're gonna do how to read yeah. the Bible, but before we get there, let's just talk. Like, what have you been reading this summer? I know some of us have been deep okay. theological <laughs> binges, <laughs> and others of us have just been all over the wall. So, like, what what's what's one thing you read? And tell us about it. So I have been reading uh, Timothy Keller's Making Sense of God. Look at this guy. Dude, I love <laughs> Timothy Keller. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't read fiction books. Like, I what? I so hate sad. fiction books. Oh, I cannot, like, like I don't <laughs> care. This has nothing good on my life. But you give me something I can learn from, like some deep theology, like Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, but yeah, I, I love the way he looks at things. Because um, I read The Reason for God, which is another yeah. book that he wrote. Um, and this is kind of like a follow-up to it, but he just looks at the gospel um, and belief in God and Christianity in a very logical way. Like he hardly uses any scripture to justify why he believes mm. uh, what he believes, but he, he does it in a very logical sense of- For an look- apologetical sense, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is so fun to read because like, you know, the way that you're explaining this, I don't ever have to like- read a whole bunch of scripture to understand what you're talking about mm. like the way that he he just lays out the, the case and the cause for christ is so cool and yeah. it's mm. cool to see it in like a new new way of like this actually makes sense of why mm-hmm. you would believe it so yeah i love it i've been been going at it mm-hmm. i've been all over the walls this summer yeah. i've hitting everything <laughs> i read a seth seth rogan uh wow yeah memoir it was fascinating that guy mm. has so many ideas that I would never affirm. <laughs> like at one point he tells, he uses the idea that marijuana should be viewed the same as shoes. Yeah. I, I made the same face. He was like, everybody wears shoes and so nobody, and nobody can, smoke marijuana. and he's like, nobody's complaining about that. And so why is everybody mad when marijuana is legal? And I was like, Dude, Seth, I don't, I don't think that correlates. That train of thought is not on the same yeah, tracks nope, at nope. all. So that was nope. really fascinating. So it wasn't Timothy Keller, but I did that. I've done a couple of the- theology bo- books. Like I just finished a C.S. Lewis memoir, which mm. was really, really long, but really good. Mm. What about you, Jane? <laughs> this is where, if you listen to the podcast for a while, you'll find out that Dylan and I have opposite opinions yep. on almost everything. Yep. I strictly prefer fiction. Yeah. I struggle with nonfiction so much. I get so bored. That's fair. <laughs> so I've been reading a lot of just like, 
adult fiction novels, fun stories, mysteries. What's the best one? Can you can you plug any? Uh, the best one I think I've read so far this summer is called Oh shoot, um, where the crowd eyes sing. No, it. I just finished it. I'm it's blanking famous. on what it's called. I need to look at my Goodreads. That's oh, okay. shoot. I'm obsessed with Goodreads, well, by the way. Brennan and Allie got oh, like yeah. on it. It's so nice. Yeah, it's so the good. affirmation. If you guys don't know what it is, it's like a social media for books. The yeah, affirmation so when good. you get to finish a book yeah. and oh. you track your progress. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. I got a book forty percent book goal. Go. <laughs> so I see every time yeah. I get closer to the end of my book oh, goal yeah, for the so. year. Hmm. Maybe you should get on it. I might. It's good. It's good stuff. Okay. All right, let's dive into this. So we're talking about how yeah. to read the Bible. And in podcast 68, we actually did almost like a, we jumped this step. Yeah. We talked about Bible translations and we talked about like the NIV, ESV, how do those range and all like all things Bible, but we didn't actually go into how should someone read the Bible mm. and why is it important to read the Bible and some of those things. So this is almost a part one to the part two we've done already. Yeah. Uh, so if you are someone who is interested in reading the Bible for the first time, or we're going to address a whole bunch of uh, questions and ideas about what it means to see the Bible in a fresh way, that a lot of times people get sick of the Bible. They don't know where to go with it next. They've read it before. They've read this section before. They don't know how to revamp it. They just kind of feel stuck. And so we're going to address some of that. But first, let's chat a little bit about our own personal history with the scripture of what it's looked like for us in Christianity to read the word, to um, understand God in that way, and to to pursue him in that way. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, for me... I always think my journey into the scripture is kind of funny (laughs) because I became a Christian when I was like a junior, senior in high school. And I knew at that point I would never be able to read the actual scripture. I don't know why, but I just was like, it's too dense and too crazy and too long and I don't understand it. So I picked up one of the Bibles that we had laying around our house that was essentially like a preteen Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're a fourth grader out there and you need a Bible recommendation, I got you. Because as a 17 year old, this is what I was reading every night. And it was, it was awesome. You know, Mm. it just gave me the baseline of what I needed to understand who God was and the Christian, what Christianity was supposed to be. Like I remember for the first time in my life, reading these stories of the new Testament, they were really just like stories. Like they were not at all accurate to the original language. They were just trying to convey major concepts. And it was through that, that I started to really understand who Jesus was from there. Like I, I would, I dabbled, I got a, an actual NIV Bible. Um, I remember going to Crossroads, which is a store in Sioux Falls with my dad. And I didn't have a clue what Bible <laughs> to buy. So I just bought the one I thought was coolest looking. Yeah. Nice. Oh, classic. Yep. Classic. And I still use that Bible to this day. There I still go. think it's kind of cool looking. <laughs> and from there I did what I think is a huge rookie mistake. I opened up to the front cover. Let's go. (laughs) I started in Genesis, Mm -hmm. and I was going to read all the way through Revelation. I was going to chug my way through it. And about it took me about two years, but I did do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my retention was great. I don't know if I understood (laughs) much stuff. But from Genesis to Revelation, over a period of about two years, I would read about two chapters a night. And I was pretty consistent with it, and I really... Yeah, I don't know. It was was something... impressive. It was something that I I really committed to. I don't know if it was my youth group at the time, or I don't know was what. Was Enneagram 3? Maybe. It probably <laughs> was. Yeah, totally. I don't know why I was just so passionate about making sure I got that done. And I, I, I think I just saw a lot of fruit from reading it, <laughs> even when I was in the, the minor prophets. And I pretty much had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, I just enjoyed that time in the scripture. And one of the resources that I used during that time, and we'll talk about it later, was just the Bible project. Um, otherwise from there, when I finished reading the the Bible over that two years for the first time, I actually started reading the message Bible. Um, this was for me an opportunity to see the scripture in a brand new light 
that at that point I'd read the, the Bible essentially two times through my children's version and then the actual <laughs> NIV version. And so I, I knew a gist of what was going on in each different um, book and each different story. I didn't, I knew the arcs, I knew the characters, and now I just felt like I needed it in a new way. And that's what Eugene Peterson does in his interpretation. interpretation yeah. He, <laughs> he just presents it in what is modern language. I think honestly, in some ways it's even a little outdated because I think it's about 20 to 30 years old, Yeah, but he presents the same concepts. It's almost like reading the children's Bible where it's, it's not really perfect to the original languages, but it's the concepts and the ideas and the themes that mattered. And at that point in my spiritual journey, I was reading probably, I want to say four to five chapters a night because I was just reading quickly for big ideas that I didn't do straight Genesis through Revelation, but I would do one in the old and then one in the new. So I would read four or five chapters in Genesis one night, and then I would read four or five chapters in uh, like Matthew the next. So I kind of went back and forth, and that was something that really worked for me. Now... Yeah. Because we're, we're to present day. Let's go. Over the last, gosh, three or four years I've been doing this, is I read a whole section of the New Testament and then a whole section of the Old Testament, and I flip-flop mm-hmm. back and forth. So, for example, I just finished First and Second Kings over the last, took me about two months, um, and then now I just started Mark, and I just read one chapter a day now. But I do it in a very, like, step-by-step process. I I have found that for my soul, and I would encourage every person to do this, that I need like four to five minutes of just like prayer time to prepare my heart to even read and open the scriptures, that this was something I didn't do up until this last section of reading like three or four years ago, is I would just open the Bible, start reading, mark it up, learn some things and close it. But now I just deeply dwell and try to seek God's presence and his His face in that. I really want his spirit to be a part of that process for me. So I need to quiet my heart. Like I can't just open the scripture and start reading. I need to sit there and ask the Lord to reveal himself to me. I need his mind to, to, to be my mind. I need us to just come together in that moment. So I take that time to pray. I go through and I mark up a whole chapter. So I read it pretty quickly. It probably takes me five to seven min- minutes to read a chapter. And I'll just go nuts with a pen, like underline, circle, squigglies, question marks, marks, asterisks. Like I've got uh, wide margins on my Bible. So I'm writing questions. I'm writing thoughts. I'm writing other scriptures as references. And at that point, I now do a thing that's called Lectio Divina. It's a ancient reading practice, but I do it kind of my own custom style. I go back through that chapter and I really slowly, prayerfully reread it again. Mm. So the first time I'm reading it, I'm looking for those things that, that, pop out to me, like those insights that I might want to come back and uh, just dwell on deeper. I look for those questions that I want answers to. I look for the the insights that I think the Lord is challenging me or encouraging me. And, and then when I'm praying through it, I really sit there. Like there might be like one word or one concept in a paragraph that I just, before I can move on, I, I just want to really ask the Lord, like, what does this mean? What does this look like? Thank him for the stories and the people and the the language he's used and the way that he's connected. And when I finish doing that, it probably takes me 20 to 30 minutes to do a chapter prayerfully in that way. Mm -hmm. When I finish doing that, it's like, I'm, I I love it because I always know that I've met the Lord after Mm -hmm. a process like that. When I read it quickly in the past, there was times where it was like, I'm not saying every time is like this mountaintop moment, but there's always just a, a confidence that through prayer and through just sitting there and, and going slowly and praying, like he has met me there time mm-hmm. and time and time again. And there's always deep insights that I won't catch when I read it quickly the first time. Yeah. Like there's always a word or a theme or a connection that'll come to me through prayer that 
just opens up the scripture to a way, to me in a way that I would have never understood before if I didn't read it in that way. So that's what I do. That's that's long. And then I finish yeah, with super prayer, good. <laughs> you know, like because so after good. I think after that, like yeah. you should always finish with gratitude. Oh, yeah. Thank the Lord. Ask Him to help you apply what you've learned. Like so. But who wants to go yeah. next? Oh boy, you go. Go for it. Um, and yours doesn't, yours doesn't caveat. have to be that crazy. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's not. So side caveat: I remembered my book title. Nice. Let's go. <laughs> the night we burned. Very good book. Um, anyway, so the Bible. Um, I grew up in the church and should have probably learned how to read the Bible, but I didn't. Mm. Um, and so I didn't have any kind of Bible reading process or philosophy or understanding yeah. until even halfway through college. Okay. Um, and so I was really sporadic. Uh, I had an NIV Bible that I got when I was baptized in first grade. I still have it. Uh, the like leather on the front of it has like worn off, so I don't use it mm -hmm. as much anymore. It just sits on the shelf where it's safe. There I have go. a new one now. Um, but so I really, I don't have any great experiences or stories from <laughs> reading the Bible growing up because yeah. I didn't really. Um, I think that's real though. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like I grew up as a Lutheran in church too. And like, it just wasn't, I don't feel like it was stressed to me no. how important mm -hmm. it was yeah. to read the Bible, which is part of what we're going to go into in this pro. So like, that's probably yeah. a ton of people's stories. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone listening right now that still doesn't like yeah. think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, even in college when I was like, okay, I need to, to do this. Um, I didn't really, it took me a long time to figure out what worked for me. Um, and so I've done a variety of things from, you know, trying to read the Bible in a year, which it took me a year and a half um, to like, picking out like specific Devo books at a mm, Christian mm. bookstore or going on the Bible U version app and picking out a, you know, a themed topic or whatever and going through those. Um, so I've kind of been all over the place, but one of the things I've learned about myself in the process of that is that I really struggle with information overload. Okay. Maybe that's why mm. I can't read nonfiction very well. <laughs> um, and when I do, I read it really, really slow. But so I tend to need more time to kind of ruminate and process and not like intentional time sitting and thinking about it, but like, days of that oh, being the yeah, only yeah, thing yeah. I've really like thought about. Otherwise I just get overwhelmed and I don't really grasp anything. Um, so I figured out for me that less is actually more. It's, mm. it's the quantity quality over the quantity. Yeah. Um, so like this year I'm just reading the new Testament, Sweet. which is like yeah. sometimes half a chapter a day. Um, and for me also, sometimes I need to dive in really deep and do some of that, like, inductive Bible study work mm -hmm. of like, what does this mean? What's this word? How do you know, some of that. And sometimes some days it's like, I just need to read this for the consistency of That's being good. in the word. Mm -hmm. Um, because also scripture reading isn't the way that I feel that I personally connect with God the best, but I recognize that it's the way that he has chosen to reveal himself the most clearly preach and that. that, and that it's a discipline that I have to commit myself yeah. to. So even though it's sometimes a struggle, even though sometimes it's hard, like the consistency and being committed to it, I think is what's been really important for me. So some days is really, really deep and some days mm -hmm. it's a little more shallow, but I try to be really intentional about challenging myself in that and, and making sure I'm not, okay, I've had like three months of being shallow, mm. you know, and, and overcorrect. So it's kind of a pendulum and I have to swing it yeah. pretty well. So, I so that's kind of what, what I was like reading another book that's super good. It's called uh, The Liturgy of the Ordinary, if you guys are looking for a Christian book. And she talks about this idea of spiritual nourishment, and mm -hmm. she equates it to food. She's just using mm -hmm. that every day. And like most times, you can't remember what you ate yesterday or definitely yeah. not last week. But you know that meal that you ate, it nourished you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she used this to talk about how we, how sometimes that's how it is with the Word. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you don't remember what you led, read last week in the Bible, but you read it, and it nourished you. Yeah. You know, there's those days where you show up and it's not 
mountaintop moment. God mm-hmm. didn't blow your mind. Like yeah. it wasn't this deep emotional connection to the word, but yet somehow still as mm-hmm. some food, like it nourished you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's really, really true. cool. Yeah. That's super good. So, go Dilly. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I grew up in the church, but I never really understood like what reading the Bible was. Like it was something that was never really taught. Um, and I mean, like I came into faith my senior year of high school. Um, and the first thing I did was I, I just got involved in a, in a Bible study, mm. um, a part of Young Life, which was the, the youth group I was a part of. Um, and I remember the first night I went to Bible study, uh, I just asked my mom, hey, do we have a Bible laying around? Because I didn't have a Bible <laughs> oh, at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it turned out the only Bible we had in the house was uh, the uh, Bible I was given like when I was a little kid, like was had it a all, kitty Bible. Yeah, had Let's all the go. pictures. Like, <laughs> see, I didn't have all the, the pictures. Oh, I dude, I had That's the it. cartoons. I had. Did you roll up to study with that? Wow. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah, it was lit. Were and the so, people in your Bible white or were they of color? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry, I feel like children's Bibles half the time are all white people. But anyway, um, continuing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I actually rocked that Bible for for quite a long time. Nice. Um, I think I rocked it for about like six months. Um, but, but yeah, like they have like chapters and verses. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's also a, had pictures. Yeah. That's a legit kids Bible. Yeah. Okay. It's up in the office. I'll show you guys after. <laughs> All right, sweet, sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I rocked with that. And then I got a, a study Bible. Um, it was a Bible called the He Reads Truth Bible. Hmm. And it's really cool because like I'm a very like informational need to see like the stuff. Um, and it, it outlined a lot of things really visually. Um, for me. So that was a big help. And even in the back, it had a, a little study guide oh, yeah. um, that went through the Bible in the year. And so there was four chapters you read a day. Um, and so that's just kind of what I stuck, uh, stuck with for a while. Um, just cause that was easy. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm just like, this is telling me what to read every day and I'm going to run with it. Yeah. So, um, that was really helpful, but yeah, otherwise, like when I was in that Bible study, I was just continuing to read what we were reading. Like the first book I ever read of the Bible was Ephesians. Yeah. Um, and so I just go home and just continue to go through that and, and and continue to read it. But yeah, even now to the point where where I'm currently at of going back and forth, I definitely pendulum. Like sometimes like I need to read like a whole bunch, like, mm-hmm. um, but also taking back and stepping into like what you're saying, the, the Lectio Divina, like is so good. I've been doing that a lot with the Psalms recently. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, reading, the Psalms is so good. Yeah, I've been doing, um, my morning routine currently is, uh, one or two chapters of the Old Testament. Right now I'm going through Judges. Um, one or two chapters of New Testament. And right now I'm going through First Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. And then one Psalm doing Lecto Divina. And it's been super, super edifying. Yeah. Mm. Question for you. So I think a lot of people miss the jump that you seem to experience where it's, I got plugged into a small group or a Bible mm-hmm. study and we were studying scripture, but then felt the need to continue that journey privately mm. or continue reading on their own. They thought, well, I'm studying the scripture yep. this once a week with this group of people. Like what helped you in that process or what made you go from, okay, it's not, I can't just study it with people. I need this personal private time with mm-hmm. the Lord as well. What was that for you? I think a lot of it was knowing that I was so new into it. Like I just hate being new at things. I hate being <laughs> bad. And so like, I was just really determined when I first started, like, okay, I don't want to like, you know, not be able to grasp this well. Um, and so it was my determination of like, I, I want to understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I had grabbed on quickly, um, and, and really enjoyed it. It's like, I gotta, I gotta keep digging into this. Like, I want to know more. Um, 
And I was just like really infatuated with like what God was revealing through his word. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Sweet. We're going to change topics a little bit, change directions within the topic. And we're going to talk to two different groups of people. One, if you're out there and you've never read the Bible before, we want to talk to you and kind of encourage you on why is it important and then go into just some practical tips of this is what we would tell you to do. And then we'll talk to the people out there, like I said, of maybe the Bible's gotten dry. So first of all, to the people who have never read the Bible before, why is the Bible important? I mean, Psalms 1 says, uh, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. But if we continually are, are meeting with God through his word, because, you know, his word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that mm-hmm. I see he's faithful to meet us through that. Yeah. Um, that through the spirit will, will show us, you know, what God is speaking, that we'll, we'll move in that time. Um, and, and so being in it, at, you know, each and every day is, like you said, it's great nourishment. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Otherwise, like, there's other ideas out there. What would you say are, like, other things or other reasons people should be in the Word? Yeah. I mean, First Tim- or Second Timothy tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed and is therefore useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the serving of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, and so that's just a reminder that as we are— um, in the word, as we delight in the law, as the Psalms one referred, like the blessing of that is that it equips us to step into the yeah. life that God mm-hmm. has called us to. Um, and so it's, it's not just, um, like this ancient book, but it, mm-hmm. it has themes and, and concepts and, and messages that are helpful yeah. and, and uplifting and mm-hmm. encouraging to us. And you said it earlier that when you were talking about you don't necessarily feel drawn to the Bible, but you realize that it's God's revelation. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's something people miss when they think about the Bible that, yeah, it's old and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it's also the way God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Yeah. Like the if someone comes to you and way. says, Hey, tell me who God is. Like you better use the scripture yeah. to tell him. Like, <laughs> I don't care what experience you have or what, 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 what opinions you have. Like the word of God is his divine general revelation mm-hmm. to us as people. Like if you want to know who Jesus is, you got to read the New Testament to mm-hmm. see who he is. Like he's not here walking as he was in the New Testament. The way mm-hmm. we understand who Jesus is, what yeah. he taught and what he brought, like with the kingdom he was bringing is by reading the scripture. Yeah. So the Bible is God's word to Christians, mm-hmm. which tells us who he is. Yeah. And there, from that, we learn what it means to relate to him and to walk mm-hmm. with him. That there's also another misconception that the Bible is like a life book mm. or it's like oh, yeah. people misuse it as like self-help. And it has purposes like that, mm-hmm. right? Like the Bible mm-hmm. can be used for benefit of learning what it means to relate to people and to live this life. But first and foremost, it's how, how do we know who God is? Yeah. And because we know who God is and because we know how to worship him, that then it instructs us how to live life secondly. Yeah. So I think that's really good. Now to the people who have heard that, maybe they're starting to get on board. Yeah. They're like, okay, I see it, but it's still hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like what makes the Bible so hard to read? Sometimes it can just be overwhelming and difficult because it's old. Mm-hmm. It was written to people who lived a long time ago in a language that we don't speak and it's been translated in our language. And so concepts sometimes are lost and it could just be hard to read. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. Very. Like I was looking up some stats on how long the average person would take to read the whole Bible. And it's 75 hours. Like you could sit down over three days and not stop reading and and it'd take you that long to read the Bible. Like that. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Uh, Otherwise, like, yeah, you said different languages translated with different themes. Like it just gets really complicated. So if it's this complicated, like what confidence do we have (laughs) that someone like we're telling 
everybody listening, every single one of you should read the Bible. Like, why do we have that same confidence when it seems to be so daunting? Well, it's because we have the Holy Spirit as a helper that he comes alongside us um, and reveals, you know, what what God is speaking through the word. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, he opens our eyes, our ears, our hearts to see, hear, and um, receive what God is speaking through that to also like interpret, to help us understand, um, you know, what, what is written and what is being said truly through those words. Yeah. So let's get practical. Yeah. How does someone start? Yeah. Let me say before that. Yeah. I think it's okay if you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, and I, and I love that you said this specifically to spend that time praying before you even start reading Mm -hmm. to ask the spirit to move. Yeah. Like if you're feeling that overwhelmed, like this is difficult, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Spend that time to ask God to reveal himself and the spirit would move. So anyway. And I mean, there's a quote, I don't remember who said it. I think it's some, uh, some famous pastor somewhere, but he says like, if, if uh, dependence is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. Mm. Like I I always try to take that mindset into preaching too. Like when I'm anxious or nervous about preaching, I try to let that anxiety, that nervousness drive me towards dependence on the Lord Mm. for him Mm -hmm. to show up. So if you feel overwhelmed about approaching the scripture, let that drive you to God, let it draw you closer to him so that you have to rely on him more to show up because based on your skill, your merit, your wisdom, your knowledge, you're not going to get anything out of it. But then then, when you leave the scripture, if you got something out of it, you can walk away thinking, wow, like, Mm The Lord meant me here because that yeah. was not of me. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yep. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Practically, how do you start? I start small. You got to take it one step at a time. Um, like, I think we all kind of said that, you know, we maybe take two chapters a day. Hmm. That usually that's a good place to start. Or This guy was over here reading like six. <laughs> Weren't you too old, too new, one psalm? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's fine. You keep rolling, but... Um, but yeah, sometimes like <laughs> threw him off. <laughs> yeah, he totally He's did. <laughs> um, like now I can't speak on this because I'm not doing this. But no, yeah, that's okay though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of yeah. the different seasons. We're gonna hit that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually two chapters is a great place to start. Um, just so you can really sit on it, like Jana said, mm-hmm. and really understand um, that you can sit and meditate on the word. Um, especially if you're newer, um, just being able to start to, to grasp um, what is really, really being said and, and just understand the way in which the Bible is written. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll really help along with, you know, maybe even if, if it's just a heading section, uh, section, like read one story, like, you know, you mentioned like Jesus reading, uh, feeding the 5,000. Yeah. Like that is a great place to start just to sit on and being able to walk away with that story, mm-hmm. um, taking away the main concepts, what, what you can leave there with. Um, yeah, you can go from Yeah, I think I just like when it comes to if you've never read the scripture before, like I would almost put these limits on you. Yeah. Mm. Like don't read any less than one heading, like one mm. story because I think there's this idea out there that you can read just one verse a day and there there is some benefit to some people in some situations of just one verse. But if you're a new Christian wanting to know who God is, like one verse a day is not going to yeah. give that to sometimes you. Sometimes that's not even a full sentence. Yeah. Sometimes like you, you need a full thought. You need something to mm-hmm. chew on and to meditate on. So yeah, if it's like Jesus turns water to wine, like that's just a little, like not even all of John 2, but just a section of John mm-hmm. 2. Like mm-hmm. that's enough for you to sit and try to understand who Jesus is from that. But I would cap you if you're a brand new Christian at two chapters a day. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. You don't have to follow that. But I think anything beyond that comes into territory where burnout becomes really feasible, mm-hmm. where some new Christians are so hungry to get into the word and they so bad want to know who God is that they just sit down for hours each day and they're just consuming the text. But 
when you look at that over you're trying to run a marathon of a life with Jesus, you're trying to to, to do this over the long term, mm-hmm. that's just probably not feasible. Like burnout might be a reality for you. So yeah. two chapters, that's going to be plenty for you to really sit on and to marinate. Um, that probably yeah. will take you anywhere from five minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like mm-hmm. what what works with your schedule? What are you willing to, to do and to, to do that? So yeah. what else? So Let's good. keep going practical. Yeah. Um, a good thing. Um, that can be helpful for somebody new reading is to just start with a gospel. Start with one of those uh, four books that tells the story of who Jesus is. Um, they're usually a little more narrative, which is easier to read. It yep. feels more like a story. Um, and I mean, the most important part of our faith is knowing Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing who he is, and understanding what he's done for us, um, and then how we're supposed to respond to that. And so those gospels can be just a great place to start. Yeah. Found about a little over halfway in your yeah. Bible at the very beginning of the New Testament, they're called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes. And here's a little cheat sheet for you. If you are trying to pick which of the four Gospels to read, here's what we tell there you. Go. Mark is a great one if you want the quickest of the Gospels and the most intense read. Like he is all about action and it's the shortest and it just goes, 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 goes. Luke is a more detailed person. And so if you're a mm-hmm. detailed type A person and you want all the information neatly wrapped up in one story. Luke is your guy. If you are a feeler, if you like emotions and you want to deeply connect with the text in in a relational way, John is perfect for you. He pulls no punches on being the one whom Jesus loved. He wants all of the feelings tucked up in there. And if you are Jewish, Matthew is your go-to book. So now that we've addressed our Jewish audience, uh, no, I I mean, we make that joke because Matthew constantly, uh, is referencing back to the Old Testament, and he is the one who um, is trying to, in his first century of writing, is trying to convince the Jewish people. But Mm -hmm. because not many of you are Jewish, Matthew will be a great read. Mm -hmm. It's just um, not necessarily written for you explicitly. And it might be a little bit hard to pick up on some of the things since a lot of it's references to the Old Testament. Yeah, that's why I usually point people to one of the other three first. Um, My favorite is Mark. So my favorite is Luke. Oh, look at these. Wow, we agreed on something. (laughs) Wait, why do you like Luke? I like that he's detail-oriented, okay. yeah, but cool. I also intently studied Luke once, so maybe that's why. Okay, nice. So. Continuing on, one of the things that can be really beneficial for someone diving into the text for the first time is to have some resources oh, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's not just them and their Bible sitting there. What, are we, what do we tell people are good resources to help them continue to understand the text? Bible Project um, on YouTube, they do really great like recap videos that kind of just summarizes everything. Um really well like they'll take a book of the bible and just kind of walk through it and give you the main ideas so it really helps like before you jump into a book maybe watch one of those um just so you have a slight grasp of of what's happening um before you really jump into it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you could look for specifically study bibles um so when you if you're new and you don't have a bible and you go look for one you can find one that um, is labeled a study Bible. And so it'll have some information in it. It might give you some prompts for how you can um, reflect or study on specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great tools, yeah. Yeah, even for of, someone who's been reading for a long time. Yeah. A lot of the study Bibles will have like really good footnotes. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. in a verse, there might be like a little mark that then you jump to the bottom of the page and it's going to help explain yeah. what that means. And that can yeah, be really, really so, helpful yeah, for super people. Helpful. Otherwise there's study guides. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted 
uh, specific companies. Like there's the Bible Recap, which is a book. They also have a podcast that goes over sections of scripture that you could read or listen to. There's the Daily Grace Company, which my wife loves. Like they just make little booklets. They're pretty cheap and they go through different books of the Bible. So she reads one of those as she's studying the scripture and it just helps her to just kind of understand what's going on. Um, otherwise, the Bible app, so the version on your phone, has a bunch of like Bible reading plans mm-hmm. that can come sometimes bring in some of that commentary. Sometimes there's so videos good. or different mm-hmm. things. But my greatest resource that I would tell you if you are someone new to reading the scripture is you should find someone to help you read it. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not saying that every single time you sit down, someone needs to be right next to you helping you read it. But I'm saying that if you're reading through the scriptures for the first time, you should have someone you can go and ask questions to. Yeah. I think that was one of the most beneficial things that I had when I was reading the scripture for the first time is I would sit there and say I was reading Matthew. I would read one or two chapters of Matthew and I would put question marks next to every single thing in the text that I didn't understand. And then the next time I'd get together with this person, it was probably once every couple weeks, I would have 40 questions from the last <laughs> seven chapters of Matthew. And I would just go down the list and I'd be like, hey, like, what does this mean and this mean? And he didn't always have answers yeah. for me, but we were able to journey through the text together then. Yeah. And I had this resource where every time I found I was stuck, I wasn't hopeless. Yeah. Like There was someone out there who I knew was a resource for me, who was an ally and who wanted to see me flourish. And for mm-hmm. him, it was also super beneficial because yeah. he had all this, he had this guy throwing questions out of nonstop <laughs> yeah. that he had to wrestle with and he had to understand. And so it deepened and edified and encouraged mm-hmm. us both. So yeah. it's like, if you're someone reading the text for the first time, find someone who's in your small group who you think they maybe understand it better than you and go to them and be like, hey, could I ask you questions? I guarantee you they would love that. And if they don't, challenge them in it because they should <laughs> love that. Yeah. Now, second group. Second group. Let's talk about the people who have read the scripture for a while, but now it feels dry to them. Mm-hmm. How do we encourage them? What should I say? You gotta switch it up. What does that mean? <laughs> do something different. Okay. Like if we get stuck in the same rhythms, you ultimately are gonna get stuck in a rut mm. um, that is hard to get out of. And so, like, if you just walk up with the expectation every day of, "Yep, I'm gonna read two chapters of the Old Testament, two chapters of the New Testament, and that's gonna be it," and I'm gonna walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can continue to do that and just get get stuck in that. Um, where something that I've been trying to do this year um, is even when I'm, when I'm sitting down, it's just ask like, God, is there something else that you'd rather me read today? Mm. Like, I, I know I, I kind of have this, you know, plan that I'm working through. Like, you know, maybe I'm reading through this book, but I'm like, is there something else that like you'd rather have me read today um, to hold that plan loosely um, just so I don't get stuck in that rut? Um, and that's been, been really helpful and I've seen some really cool things come out of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you got to switch it up. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you go back and forth between old Testament, and new Testament. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like some people, they'll experience something good mm-hmm. and they'll assume it's going to be good forever. Yeah. yeah. So I did it this way. Once I read the new Testament, I loved it. I read it this fast and this many chapters for this long and it was great. And so they think for the rest of their Christian life, this is how they're going to study the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But that just isn't reality a lot of yeah. times. Like if you think there's an example out there where imagine the best meal you'd ever could eat. Like it's it's perfect. Like there is nothing wrong with this food. The first day you eat it, it's going to be incredible. It's going to absolutely hit the spot. And for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you might love it. But after a couple of years, yeah. maybe even a couple of months of eating the same thing, even though it's the best meal you've ever had, you're going to get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you come to the scripture, you might have the best quiet time you've ever had. And the next day it might be great. And the next day, but there's going to be a point where that's going to feel a little dry. 
Mm-hmm. It might feel a little dull. Mm-hmm. It might feel like mm-hmm. it's not that great anymore. Maybe at that point, it's time to just switch it up. Get yeah. some new vibrancy, some yeah. new life in that. What would sure. we encourage people? How would we encourage them to switch it up? Yeah. I mean, you could switch up um, how much you read. So maybe mm-hmm. you've been reading just like one or section or a couple chapters. Um, and maybe that's just not fulfilling enough mm. for you. And so you need to add a little bit more. Maybe you've been doing a ton and you're experiencing that overload like I have mm-hmm. and you need to just back it down and be more intentional with what you do yeah. um, read. Um, but it's okay to experiment with that, to find out what's a good rhythm for you in even different seasons of life yeah. because that can change. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The faster and slower is yeah. a really easy yeah. Sol- solution. Yeah. Like some people you need to go faster. You are mm-hmm. not consuming enough. Some people, you need to go slower. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to sit on yep. just a, a little piece of scripture for once yeah. and see what that does to your soul. What else? Switch up like what you're reading. So whether that's different translations or interpretations, like maybe it's the reader's Bible, which is just a little bit more like just easy to read, more told like a story. Yeah. Um, or the chronological chronological Bible, like a Bible that's ordered in the way that it was written. A way that it was, it happened. Yes, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the new Testament, it's the chronological Bible is really funky. Cause like the new Testament's yeah. all chopped up. Cause there's like, you'll read all four of the gospel. Well, yeah, you'll read checks into the gospels like overlaid. So you mm-hmm. might read back to back the same story, but it's going to come from Matthew and Luke. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Or like we had talked about earlier, the, the message interpretation, yeah. which is super good. Yeah. Or like the passion translation. Yeah. Like there's some of these ones out there that maybe they're not the best version maybe they're mm-hmm. not the best translation but they might give it to you in a fresh way mm-hmm. that really yeah. helps your soul absolutely one yeah. of the pieces of advice that there's a pastor ben stewart out there he says write out the text i think this could be really good for a lot of people i've yeah. had some of our leaders who have tried this and it's been so fruitful for them where they'll just sit down and instead of reading uh, they'll write it out and writing it out causes your mind to slow down it causes you to think about each and every word it helps with memory it helps with rep- like recognition mm-hmm. like there's just something about putting pen to paper and you might have to sit there and write out the whole book of matthew sit out right at mm-hmm. the whole book of philippians but i promise by the end of that there's going to be something for you there like there that that's a slow methodical process that i think the lord blesses when i've seen people do it yeah what else would you think in the same way we encourage uh, new readers to find someone to read with, the same could be true for experienced readers who maybe are experiencing a dryness. So good. Find somebody you can read with. Um, some of the best Bible study moments I've had is when someone else was like, hey, I saw this and, and this stood out to me and it never crossed my mind to think about that mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so that can even bring uh, fresh light, light to the scripture or help pull you out of um, the mundanity. Is that a word? Mundane? Yes. Mundane. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Of, of just reading and, and falling into that dry mm-hmm. spot. So ask somebody, ask a friend. Yeah. Hopefully you've got somebody you should. Yep. You've ben and I yeah. at one point did this, you know, it was during mm-hmm. COVID and we were both like, this is the worst thing ever. And so <laughs> we decided to read first Thessalonians together and we would both do a section of text and then we would zoom and we'd talk about that section of text. And it was just super good. You know, yeah. you get so many different perspectives and you can bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. each other. And it really was a, a moment where iron sharpened iron. Nice. Uh, one of the things that we would also encourage if you find that the Bible is dry to you, I would ask you to check if your actions are replicating what you read in the Bible. Mm. I have seen in Christians before where the Bible becomes dry because it's not alive to them, that it is just a book they're reading. It's just a piece of parchment that they're studying, and it's not changing the way they live. And at that point, it does become dry. 
Like the Bible is meant to be something that's read, that's taught, that's heard, and it changes the way we live. Like if you look at the life of Jesus and you walk away the same, you are not looking at the life of Jesus correctly. You should read through the Gospels and who he is and the way he acts and the way he teaches and the way he loves should change the way you live your life. And when that happens... Man, it's exciting to come back to the text. Mm -hmm. When you sit there and you read John 1 and you see that the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us and then you go and you start to to encourage other people and you start to spread the the good news, like then you get to come back to the text and it's okay, what happened next? What did Jesus do after he made his dwelling among us? What did Jesus do when the the God man put on flesh? Like that gives some life to it. And then you take John 2 and you see Jesus had this huge celebration where he like, was at this wedding and and that and then you go and you have this celebration with people and you live life with mm. with gratitude mm-hmm. and joy and like that changes the way you come back to the text when it's not just a piece of paper but it's something you're actively living out. Mm-hmm. So good. What else? We got a couple more. Yeah. Um be extremely prayerful in what you're reading that um like you even kind of mentioned it in mm-hmm. like the way that you're doing things of like you need to spend some time in prayer before um asking God to open your eyes, open your ears open your heart to, to mm-hmm. receive um, what way he is speaking through his word, but to also thank him afterwards, um, to thank him that, that he has spoken, that, that he has met you in that place mm-hmm. um, and that he can even help you to, to apply, like you just said, to apply the things that you uh, are taking away from the word. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. like prayer oftentimes when I, when I am reading becomes the grease to get the gears going for mm-hmm. me. You know, when I come into the text not prayerful, I do feel dry and I feel stuck and it's just not going the way. But like when I can use prayer, when prayer becomes a tool for me to start to connect with the Lord, that gets my gears going. That gets mm-hmm. me excited to be in the text. That actually changes the dis- the disposition of my heart that makes me ready to read. Like it's yeah, it's so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. What's last? Last one. I think this one's a big one. Check your intentions. Oh, yeah. What are your intentions? What's your thought? What? Why are you coming to the text? And you can come for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe you come uh, because of religious duty. It's something you feel like you have to do, or you've got an accountability partner that's going to ask if you read, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. the things may be. Um, but that could be a hindrance, even though it's a good thing sometimes. Yeah, and like that's the hard part. Yeah, is the intention of religious duty checking the box? Sometimes it's the is nourishment it? you yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. But if checking the box is your intention over a ser- season of then that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're mm-hmm. not. At, so it's like religious duty could be good. Yeah. Could also could be also really be bad. bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come for the, to the text with the intention of just learning. It's just yeah. information based that they just want to, to acquire so that they can put out to others. Like they just want information in their heads so that they can s- tell other people about Jesus. Again, sometimes that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in order to know the holistic picture of scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to have to read it and not, mm-hmm. and, and, some of that you're going to have to grind through. Like Leviticus is probably not going to be a place you're going to read through that and have spiritual moment after (laughs) spiritual moment. Like some of that is like, oh, I'm just retaining information, trying to find out what this means for me and why this is in here. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But it can't be every time that you come to the text with this just honestly consumerism to to come out with more information Mm -hmm. and more intellect. Yeah. Got another one? Otherwise, is it... Your connection to God. That's good. Right on the money. Yeah. Keep it rolling. Um, but yeah, are you walking into, you know, whether your quiet time or your, your study time um, with the expectation to go meet God? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you going in, you know, for those other things, for the religious duty, for the for the learning, whatever. Um, but knowing that that 
space and time that, that you set aside to, to read the word, mm-hmm. like, is that a time that you're going in expectant to spend relational time with the father? That's good. Um, like if, if that's not your intention, like it, it needs to be, mm. um, cause that is one of the main places, you know, outside of going to church that, that we get to actively dwell with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's super good. Yeah. And there's probably a bunch more intentions, but oh, these are oh, just yeah. three that can be good and can be bad. You know, mm-hmm. there can be hindrances in this. Like, I think the, re- the relationship one yeah. is you come to the text with this expectation to meet God and you, you crave a spiritual or you crave an emotional experience mm-hmm. where it's like, if you come every time wanting the mountaintop experience, you want to meet God. Um, I put air quotes around that if you're not watching, <laughs> but like that might not always happen. Yeah. And so yeah. it needs to be kind of a, a rhythm and a flow of trying to check these different intentions and, and find out what the Lord wants from you in those moments. Anything else yeah. to add? Do we want to talk about how our intentions can sometimes influence what we read? You could, yeah. If you want, you want to go <laughs> for it. Quick? Go for sure, it. yeah. So sometimes our intentions, if you if you are looking for maybe deep connection, you want to meditate, you want to draw near emotionally to God, like the Psalms might be a great place to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe you are in a place where you're like, I just, I need to know something. I'm trying to learn like some specific thing. I need information. The Old Testament can be a great place for that. Um and the New Testament has a ton of applications. So you're trying to figure out how to respond to something in your life. And so sometimes mm-hmm. our intentions can shape what we read. Totally. And and that's okay too. It's yeah. again, it's a balance yeah. of um, like, do our intentions shape in a good way or a mm-hmm. bad way? And so, but that can be helpful sometimes. That's so good. People, you should read your Bibles. Do it. You yeah. should do it. Is that the summation the Lord of wants this whole you to. podcast? That's the summation. <laughs> Remember when I used to do one sentence wrap-ups? Oh, yep. Yeah. One sentence wrap-up. For like the first three podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Go read your Bible. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.